thank you for sharing. Okay, uh, let's get to uh, Ephesians chapter 5 if we can. Get everything set up here a little bit. Um, we um, started a new series in the church uh, dealing with the family and the biblical view of family. And uh, the last... Uh, uh, a couple of weeks, we've been kind of uh, focusing on it. Anyway, we've been uh, focusing on very uh, various issues as it relates to the family. But oh my wonder, duh! The, the, the first time we we talked about uh, the definition of a family and marriage. We then uh, uh, talked about how God designed it according to uh, Genesis chapter 3, uh, chapter 2, and then we focused on that. Last week we had manhood restored, uh, and uh, that was kind of, a, kind of a fun Sunday. Did you enjoy last week? Yeah. Of course, Ben would go, yeah, he really enjoyed it. Uh, and so... Um, they came and, and talked about some issues as it relates to uh, to, to uh, men and what we're dealing with in our society. Um, I would say, you know, we, we talked a lot about manhood and uh, how we feel they're being attacked and uh, in, in recent years. Actually, this, this attack has been going on since the 60s and even before them. And uh, so it's just a constant chipping away that's actually happening. Now, we want to get to family issues now. We've been talking about family, but now we're going to get to more deep, more depth. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, and uh, that is usually known as the family chapter. Uh, that's the chapter in the Bible that talks about wives, what they're supposed to do, talks about husbands, what they're supposed to do. Even in chapter 6, it goes into children, what they're supposed to do. And then it also goes in and talks about how you as an employee, how you are to treat your employer and how employers are to uh, treat their employees. Now, I will tell you, you're saying, well, that's not in there. It talks about slaves. Well, that's kind of the modern definition that we would give it today. And some of the principles would actually go into that. Like I said, we spent the last uh, few Sundays discussing marriage, and uh, now I want to get more specific about this, uh, we're going to talk to you now. We're going to talk to you as far as what are you to do as a wife? What does the Bible say how you're supposed to act as the wife? What does the Bible say how you're supposed to act as the husband in the family? What if you're single and you're, and you're not married? What are you supposed to do then? Many times the, the church always focus on the married couples, but Sometimes we neglect the fact that we've got singles here. I mean, you've got kids that are single. You've got people who've never married. You've got people who are divorced. You have all those different situations uh, that come into the church. And so how, do we, how, do you, how are you supposed to handle that? Uh, what are you supposed to be doing? In Ephesians chapter 5, uh, talks about those things. In fact... Uh, while reading your Bible, you will see that it, it's, it's more than just a, a specific action that you should do. Let, let me explain this one. Okay. 
We all make this mistake. And I want to caution us against this. In our cell phone world, where we want to find this one, one scripture passage to prove our point, we, we will dial in on Google and we'll say, okay, what does the Bible say about this? And then, and then what happens is, is one scripture passage comes up from Bible Hub and then we say, this is the authoritative word. But if we don't like what it says, then we turn around and find another verse to support what we do. It's called proof texting. Instead of just saying, thus saith the word of God, we proof text what we want to believe. And, and that's one of the dangers we're getting as we're getting away from paper pages. And we're getting into the Bible in our hands or on our computer. Because it's very easy to look at this one section and forget about what is said before and after. That's called context. And context changes everything. You know that. For example, there's a man and a woman that came home one day and they went to a marriage conference. And usually when marriage conferences happen, you know, the woman's all excited and the man's kind of just driving home. And, and she looks at her husband and says, what do you think about me? And the husband looks at her and says, you're very critical. Well, of course, the fangs come out, and he's getting ready for a he's getting ready for a tongue lashing. And he goes, "Let me explain this." He says, "You are such an integral part of my life, and I love you so dearly, and you do so much that if I were to lose you because you are so critical to me." Context. Does that change everything? And that's the same thing when it comes to Scripture. Many times we will focus on one Scripture and we forget about what is said before and after. And what is said before and after changes everything. For example, I don't hear it too much anymore, but it used to be that when you would put something on Facebook and you'd say what this person's doing wrong, they'd always come back at you and go, well, judge not unless you be judged. Christians aren't supposed to judge. Really? But they never say what's said before or after. Because Jesus says, Judge not lest you be judged by the same content, by the same measure that you judge someone else, you will be measured. And what it's saying is not that you're not supposed to judge. It says, don't judge as harsh. And then it goes on and says, Why are you going to your brother that has a speck in his eye when you've got a plank in your eye? Get the plank out of your eye, then go and help your brother. Changes the whole thing, doesn't it? That's what context is all about. And that's the same thing when it comes to the family. Many times we'll focus on um, Ephesians chapter 2, 22, chapter 5, verse 22, where it says, women submit. Hey, you want to have a good uh, car ride home? Look at your wife on the way home and says, woman, submit. See what she does. <laughs> or... Ephesians 5, 25, where it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Which means that what? He died for the church. So women, look at your wife and your husband and say, Why don't you just die like Jesus did? <laughs> or Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, where it says, Children, obey. I can't think of a good one there, but you know. Okay. 
But that's just pretty blunt. Children are to obey. We forget about what is said before. And, and that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at what is said before till we get to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Then we go on and look at what is said and why it is said. Changes everything. So Paul starts out Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, and he says this. As soon as I turn it on. He says this. He says this. There we go. Be, be very careful then how you live. N not as unwise, but wise. So Paul is saying, be very careful. Live wisely. People are watching you. You call yourself a Christian. The number one billboard for being a Christian to bring other people to Christ is you. And how you live your life. So if you live a life that's according to the worldly standards, you're not going to glorify Christ. They're all going to turn around and say, by the way, why is he just acting like the rest of the world? So be very careful then as you live. Live wisely. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. That caught my eye. So I decided, let's do a little, because we're living in evil age, aren't we? Just evil. Agreed? Evil. Oh, just terrible. Isn't it? Evil? 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 Is that you right? Oh, no, we're not. Oh, there's evil. Don't get me wrong. But compared to what the Romans were doing, so I looked it up and I said, the Roman, what, what Roman culture during the time of Jesus. And the stuff that was legal at the time of Jesus in the Roman culture would just cause your stomach to turn. If you were a slave, you were used and abused like crazy. Especially if you were a child of the slave. Because you, you were owned by the master. Use your imagination. It was legal. A man could go and do whatever he wanted to do to a woman, even if it wasn't his wife. It was legal. At least we got laws now. It, it says here that, um, I'm just going to read this. Christianity condemned the Roman system in every part. According to the Roman ethic, a man displayed his masculinity in the battlefield and in the bedroom. In the, the Christian ethic, a man displayed his masculinity in uh, chastity, self-sacrifice, and deference to others. In joyful refrain, refraining from all sexual activity except with his wife. Now, the one thing that we are seeing now in our society is, is that when you stand up and say, this is between a husband and a wife, we're seeing that the anger and the bitterness is really starting to come out, of it, which is a normal digression. But the Romans, Romans were so angry about it because the Christians were standing up and saying, this is wrong, that they were feeding them to the lions. So you say, our days are evil. Yes, they are, but not compared to what Paul dealt with. 
Okay. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So Paul is saying to the church, is yes, society is saying all this, but you don't follow what society says. You follow what the Lord says. You know what the Lord's will is, do it. As I said, the number one billboard for Christianity is you. And people see your home and your life. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. I love that word, debauchery. <clears throat> Something about that word. I just, I feel like I'm English, you know? Debauchery. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So Paul is going on and he's saying, listen, Christians, you're unique, you're different. Don't follow the world, which gets drunk, at least to debauchery. What we want you to do is we want you to be filled with the Spirit. Okay? Which means everything that I do, all my focus, everything you do, all that I am is focused on Jesus Christ. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs of the Spirit, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. So one of the signs and also uh, one of the ways you are filled with the Spirit is you're focusing on Jesus. Another psalms, hymns, singing, songs of the Spirit, sing, make music in your heart to Jesus. It's all focused on Jesus. So um, we should be some of the happiest people on this earth. Regardless of what happens at Washington, D.C., I don't care. I care what happened with Jesus. Always giving thanks to God the Father. So not only are you singing, but also you have an attitude of gratitude. For everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everything you do is in the name of Jesus Christ. So how I treat my wife is in the name of Jesus Christ. How, how she treats her husband is in the name of Jesus Christ. How I treat my children is in the name of Jesus Christ. All of this is in the name of Jesus Christ. So he's saying to lead up to how we are to lead our family is you are to be filled with the Spirit. You are to be focused on what the Lord's will is. And everything you do reflects on Jesus Christ. Period. I know society is trying to destroy marriage as we define it. I know that. I know that they're trying to destroy the roles of women and men, uh, especially away from the biblical roles. We know that. They're trying to make one big group, and what they don't understand is that God has made men and women different. And the word that you're going to hear throughout this whole series is not wrong, just different. And I'm glad that Polly is different from me because I don't want to marry a Darwin. <laughs> one of us is enough and so God brings together a woman and brings together a man and the two shall become one to complement each other alright so then how should I be acting and reacting as a wife slash husband child and everything else it goes to the next verse Submit to one another out of reverence of Christ. <coughs> so what it's saying is, men and women, in a marriage relationship, you submit to one another. Now eventually Paul's going to emphasize some things. 
Because he is going to talk about the submission to the headship of the home. He is going to talk about the, 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 the fact that a woman needs love. He is going to talk about that. But mutual submission is the key to a successful marriage. Boiling down to, it's not about you. It's about thee. And the Bible comes out and says, how I treat her is how I'm treating myself. And the Bible even comes to the point of saying that how I treat her represents how I treat Christ. Or vice versa. So we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So submission is basically this. I know what her needs are, and I work to meet her needs. He knows, she knows what my needs are, and she works to meet my needs. It's not about us. The problem comes in is that when marriage is about me, and marriage is about me, and then what happens when you get into a little bit of a conflict? Or me wants to go left, me wants to go right in the marriage relationship, then what happens? Oh, that will never happen. <coughs> really? Yeah, right. But we don't submit to one another because the primary reason why we submit to one another is for Jesus Christ. Because Jesus says so, this is how, this is what, and everything else, you follow him. Care what society says. Care what Jesus says. That's the key. <clears throat> so, with that said, we're not going to get to all of our notes today. We're just going to get to these. And then we're done. And then we'll finish next week. But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 20, says that the Christians are called to do five things in your life and then also within the family. Number one, not to imitate the evil world. You ever get on Facebook and you see uh, 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 some pictures of people and you can just tell they're Christian? <coughs> I mean, they just beam. So we're not to imitate the evil world. Alright? I wish the church and some churches would get that through their heads. We are to follow the Lord's will in our lives, not the world's will. We are called to be filled with the Spirit. How are you filled with the Spirit? Well, many of you right now are sitting here going, man, I can't wait for the preacher gets done so I can go eat. You're going to fill yourself, right? But after a while, what happens? You've got to fill yourself again. You've got to fill yourself again. It is a continual act in which you drink in the Spirit. How do you drink in the Spirit? Well, you sing songs, of songs, hymns, uh, building each other up, Scripture, and I can go on to all of this. Yielding constantly, yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit and to what God says versus what you want. And then lastly is, we are called to represent Jesus Christ to the world. And how does Jesus Christ get represented to the world? Through you. When 
you live. Just being honest, people don't know how much you know. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't really care how much you know until they see it in you. Because if they see it in you, guess what? That means you're actually believing. It means you're actually believing. Okay? We sent $500 worth of stuff down to uh, uh, um, um, Florida. And, and now these stories are coming out of people who stayed in their homes. And they're over and over, they're saying, what? Why did you stay? Because I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Got that? Didn't think it was going to be that bad. Would you do it again? Absolutely not. If they truly believed it, then they would have acted upon it. Right? We've had three tornadoes since I've been here. <coughs> My fault. You hear that tornado siren. I go outside and look. <laughs> but you're going to act upon it. You're going to act upon it. Usually it takes getting caught to where you believe. When I was on the fire truck, we had that happen. You go back and tell them, hey, a bad storm would come into the baseball field. Bad storms are coming. You need to uh, cancel the game. <clears throat> I'm the umpire. You don't tell me what to do. I'm going to. Right there's the wall cloud. It's coming. You, we're going to play ball. And they. And five minutes later, they're all running to the fire hall. Next time they saw, they saw our cars with the blue lights on top, this is Indiana, blue lights on top, going back to the ball field. They didn't even pay attention to what the umpire said. They went and they grabbed their kids and they got them out of there because they believed it then. Same thing here. They'll believe it when they see it. Even in your own family. As you treat each other as husbands and wives, you are called to submit to one another. We're going to talk about more of that next week that actually means, okay? But submit to one another. Boil it down to this. It's not about you. It's about each other. We'll talk more later. Okay, let's pray. And uh, Father, what the scriptures have taught us is hard at times. Help us to realize that we are called to follow you in everything. Even when the world says to go left, we're to go right. Guide and direct us, we thank you. 